So when I transitioned from, you know, having a, a badass team, a badass mission, a badass purpose, I knew what I was going to do in the morning when I got up. I knew what, when I went to bed, I knew what I was going to do the next day. I knew everything about my life and my purpose and my mission while I was in the military. When I transitioned out, all of that was gone. And so I went from having mission and purpose and a team to having nothing. And I... Hey, I want to welcome our guest today, Will Branham, who is a former Navy SEAL, retired after 26 years of service. He is the founder and CEO of Naked Warrior Recovery, which is a CBD-focused company uh, focused on recovery of veterans and first responders. He retired from the military in 2018 and started having symptoms, physical, physiological, Um, emotional different things that he was facing and apparently CBD changed his life and he just made a commitment to creating a company a product a philosophy and a culture behind helping veterans first responders deal with the things that he had to deal with and had finally overcome so we talk about what he calls a get naked mindset we talk about his life in the SEAL teams we talk about transitions and we talk about ultimately what men can do to be game changers be change drivers and to ultimately be better men who have a better life so welcome will branham to last in line podcast will branham man hey welcome to last in line podcast sir thanks for having me here i'm stoked to be here yeah, man, it's awesome to meet you. A mutual friend of ours connected us, and uh, I love it. And and I started looking at your story, and I love it even more. I'm glad we could do it this quickly after kind of the introduction. And I'm I'm, I'm respectful of your time because I know you're a you're a CEO, man, and you're you're out there doing it and and uh, making a huge difference. But this series we're doing, this recording is for what I call change drivers. Is my series for the month of April, and driving change, change agents, guys that are out doing it, trying to make a positive impact for change and reading your bio, man, you are doing that. But, but first, you know, we got to cover a little bit of background. So talk to us because we all, you know, the audience knows by now you're a, a former Navy SEAL retired 26 years in the military. Talk to us how you got into that and why the SEAL teams and then just kind of a little bit of things about maybe the team you were on and just the dynamics involved and what made it so challenging. Sure. So I I grew up in uh, a little town outside of Meridian, Mississippi, heavily involved in the Boy Scouts. Uh, This was, you know, before there was the internets that Mm -hmm. we currently have today. Um, we, we didn't have cable TV either. So we had four channels growing up. So I watched a lot of John Wayne. Uh, he was, uh, in a movie called the green berets. Uh, so I was like, well, maybe I want to be a green beret. I watched John Rambo. I watched, mm-hmm. uh, Kung Fu theater. So I wanted to also be a ninja when I grew up. Um, let's see what I watched a movie called, uh, Delta force that Chuck Norris yep. was in. So yep. I always knew that I wanted to be part of some sort of small elite military unit, not the ones that line up on the battlefield and shoot at one another. I want to be a little more sneaky. I want to be, you know, be unseen, but have a great impact, you know, in combat. And so 
Uh, I went to a, a national jamboree. Uh, was between my 11th and 12th grade of high school. We were very poor, but the, I was because I was an Eagle Scout and I was very involved in the Boy Scouts. Uh, the, 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 the Boy Scout Association paid for me to go to this event. And I met a kid uh, on this jamboree where, and he said, I'm going to be a Navy SEAL when I grow up and I want to fly F-14 Tomcats. And I was like, that's cool. What's a Navy SEAL? And he explained it to me. He's like, they jump out of airplanes, they blow stuff up, super elite. They scuba dive, they do all these other things. And I thought I liked swimming back then. I don't, I realize now that I don't really at all. I still do it, but I'm not a fan. Yeah. Um, so I joined the Navy actually before I even started my first, uh, uh, my last year of high school, before I, my 12th grade of high school in the delayed entry program, mm -hmm. uh, I joined the military, uh, but I didn't leave for boot camp until after I graduated. I graduated and then, you know, went off to boot mm -hmm. camp and then started my, my Navy career. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, you definitely had it dialed in to exactly what you wanted to be. Like I could imagine that's probably a small, you know, percentage of the people that just joined the military. They just kind of get in for a job, some of them. And then some of them just cause their family did it. But you were like Tomcat Navy seal, like, this is what I'm going to do. Um, so you, I mean, you obviously had a, a very decorated career, like 26 years of service. You yeah. were in Iraq. You were a sniper instructor. Like you're, you're in the thick of the thick. And uh, I'm interested to know just general information about the SEAL teams. We're gonna suffice it to say you guys are cut from a different cloth. We're gonna we're gonna suffice it to say that there's a chip in you guys that is not in me or the average Joe. Talk about what makes you guys such like elite um, warriors, elite, just mental toughness, like just captains of resilience. Like what, what makes a highly effective, efficient, successful SEAL? Like what is that quality? Well, I think it starts in, in SEAL training. And for me, you know, I didn't go straight from boot camp to SEAL training. It took me three years after I joined the Navy to actually get to SEAL training because mm -hmm. I made some errors along the way. Mm -hmm. I wasn't quite physically fit enough, uh, physically fit and mentally fit, I don't think, yeah. really to go uh, because I didn't, you know, I, I joined boot camp, went to boot camp. I took the SEAL screening test and I failed it. And when I say mm -hmm. I failed it, I probably could have passed it, but I quit on the push-ups. You only like there's a minimum number and I was shooting for the minimum. I wasn't shooting for like outstanding. And so I got to like, it's only like 52 is the minimum. Uh -huh. And I think I got to like 38 or something. I'm like, Oh, I'm tired. I don't know if I could, this is like, that's a yeah. lot more push-ups. And, but it's like after a swim and then you have a lot of other events in that screening test. And so I thought, so then I, you know, I'm like, okay, you can take it again later. Not a big deal. And I went to my technical school because you don't just, you're not just a Navy SEAL. You have to be a, a, a Navy right. something else in order right. to advance. Now you can just be a SEAL. Uh, but back then you had to be something else. And so uh, I, I became a gunner's mate and a gunner's mates. They fix those, those, those gun mounts and those missile launchers that are on those big gray floaty things out there in the water. Yeah, yeah. And so, <clears throat> and so, I went to that school, but it was in the winter of in uh, north of Chicago in the middle of winter. It's cold. It's dark. It's scary. Uh, I did not want to get up early to go take the SEAL screening test during that time because that sucks. Uh, I should have. That would have changed really 
a lot of a lot of things that happened with me. But because I didn't, I thought I'll take this other school for four months in in Virginia Beach and I'll get in better shape and then I'll go to SEAL training. Well, what I didn't know is when I took those that school for four months that I had 24 months of obligated service to uh, to the Navy. And so I went to that ship for 24 months. And when it was time for me to leave, the guy that was in charge of me going somewhere else said, I'm not going to let you go because you went to that school for four months. You're too critical to the Navy. No one cares about Navy SEALs. You're going to get, you're going to do this job. And so, uh, and it was peacetime, uh, right? At the time, peacetime, no one cared. Like they're like, okay, if you don't like get out, we don't need people, uh, get out. And so the chief of Naval operations came to my ship in Yokosuka, Japan. And just to kind of describe who that person is, he's the most senior guy in the Navy. The only people who are more senior to him is the uh, Secretary of Defense and the President of the United States. Yeah, He is the man. Yeah. And he came to my little ship in Yokosuka, Japan. There's like 15, 20 ships there. He came to my ship, no one else's ship. And he had, he's like, had CNO's call. He's like, this is my vision of the Navy, blah, blah, whatever. Does anyone have any questions? I raised my hand. I joined the Navy to be a SEAL. I think I deserve a chance to go. My detailer won't let me go, blah, blah, blah. I think I deserve a chance to go. What do you think? He turns to my commanding officer and he says, is he a good guy? My CO says, yeah, he was a sailor of the quarter this quarter, which is like employee of the month. And uh, he turns back to me and he says, because I like did a good job sweeping or something. And uh, he turns back to me. He's like, check, you'll be in the first class after your PRD, which is planned rotational date. And six weeks later, I'm off to California to start SEAL training. And what I realized when I got there is I wasn't in very good shape. I thought I was in good shape, but I learned very quickly uh, why it is the hardest military training in the world. I, I'm, I'm going to surmise and sum up all that you're saying about that journey, that it's probably more than you were just a good guy that makes up what, why Navy SEALs yeah. are successful. But it's to me, I just I think about this mental capacity that you guys develop or you already had, and it may be a little of both, but it's not just it's physical. Yeah. It's not just physical taxing. It's physical, not physically taxing. It's mentally taxing. And so the reason I wanted you to set that stage is because we're going to go down a path on this conversation that talks about a lot of some mental anguish that you kind of, and, and just some different symptoms that you were seeing, but you were taking a different route in medicating those symptoms. And then the body, the toll that it took on your body. And you kind of alluded to some of the sand isn't your everyday sand and some of the right. water isn't your everyday water. And so your body is just getting pushed to its absolute limit and then a, a little more. So through your service, like they obviously prepared you for combat, prepared you at a high level, but you guys kind of walk away just being a little different people um, because you're used to so much more. And the line at the grocery store isn't as big a deal to you guys as it might be to people who haven't, who, you know, haven't been down the road that you've been. So give us an idea what you went through. I mean, we're going to, we're going to fast forward 26 years, right? You went through this whole career, you get out. When did you start two questions? When did you start sort of realizing something was a little off with mentally and physically? And then what did you do along the way to try to, you know, cope with that? So I think to kind of frame it a little bit mm-hmm. is SEAL training was easy 
because someone was always telling you what to do. As you move up in leadership, you start being the person that tells someone what to do, but there's still always someone telling you what to do and kind of how to do it. Uh, as I transitioned out of the military, I didn't have that anymore. So when I transitioned from, you know, having a, a badass team, a badass mission, a badass purpose. I knew what I was going to do in the morning when I got up. I knew what, when I went to bed, I knew what I was going to do the next day. I knew everything about my life and my purpose and my mission while I was in the military. When I transitioned out, all of that was gone. And so I went from having mission and purpose and a team to having nothing. When I transitioned out, there was no one holding me accountable. And I still had, I had what I like to call baggage. I like had a bunch of noise in my head that it was, you know, some of it was from, you know, uh, time in the military, some, some of occupational hazards. Some of it was also toxic relationships, maybe, you know, the wrong, having the wrong people in my life. And they put this crap into the bags that I'm carrying around. Some of it I put in, other people put other stuff in. I ended up carrying this weight around. And, uh, and so I feel like I'm always in, in a fight whether it's from, you know, stuff from work, stuff from my personal life, stuff from whatever. And so what I had to, what I ended up doing is, you know, to turn all this noise off in my head is I would, at the end of the day, I would just like start drinking vodka and just glasses and glasses and glasses to, to, to self-medicate uh, just enough to like turn down the noise in my head uh, or dull the noise so that I couldn't hear it so much. And I would do that until I fell asleep. But if you frame that differently, I drank until I passed out at night. And sure. then I would have to get up in the morning and like work through that still drunk, hungover period and try to be successful in some way, shape or form. And yeah. then start. It was just this vicious cycle. The darkest memories are the ones that are kind of pelting you like hail, like a hailstorm of memories. So right. you did this for how long? How long was this, you know, the quote unquote coping mechanism? You know, it, it actually started before I got out, probably a couple of years before I got out. Um, my last three years, I was a science and technology director at the headquarters here where I went out and I found $16 million of other people's money to help solve problems that we had. So I wasn't on the team, but I was supporting the team, but I was, and I was also getting, you know, my, my, my bachelor's and my master's all wow. in, in a three-year period. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it started back then. And then as I transitioned out of the mill, but I still had like team and purpose and whatever. But then when I transitioned out, it was all gone. And so it got even worse. And I think that's, you know, there are so many veterans, uh, first responders, even just high performers that, you know, they do something great. Maybe they sell a company and then all of a sudden they're like, what's my mission? What's my purpose? Where do I, where's my team? I don't have that anymore. And so it's, as I've kind of dug into this, it's not uncommon for people to, in, in times of transition and often usually major transitions where they go, they struggle. And sure. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and so, and, and it's not, obviously it's not just limited to the military population that struggles with this kind of thing. So even let's say the non-military service members that listen to this podcast, what do you have? Cause we're going to evolve and crescendo into the business you started and really dig into that some, but I want to, I want to ask because maybe someone's listening to this. That's thinking, Hey, I'm, I'm right in the middle of where he was. Like I'm in this transition period. I'm in this fork in the road. Can you talk about aside from, well, I just wouldn't have drank as much. Like what could you tell them about inside them right now that needs to be examined further in that season they're in now that maybe you wish you would have taken a little more examination of back then. 
I, you know, what I tell people now is before you see the transition coming, like I saw, I knew that they're only going to let me stay in the military for a certain amount of time. Yeah. I was in, I was still in denial about okay. getting out. And so I didn't create a, so I tell people now, you know, create a plan. And I have like five seal secrets, if you will, of, mm. of, of life transitions. And you can apply these to pretty much anything that you do. But number one is make a plan. It doesn't have to be a good plan. Just make a plan. Have an idea of where you're going to go and what you're going to do. Those times of transition are the times where we're the most vulnerable and we end up usually getting ambushed at those times. And in life, same thing happens. We find ourselves in these transitional periods. We haven't practiced these transitions. And that's when something hits us that we're not expecting. That's just one of the things that, that we teach is just like work through those transitions because yeah. those are the times where you're the most vulnerable. And well, I, didn't, I, I didn't do that. I didn't yeah, do that well, when I got out of the military. And most is, people don't. Which is crucial because, I mean, it's the fact that, I mean, to to stay in, in line with our theme of change drivers, like you're now providing that for people because you didn't do it, but you saw the necessity of it. And so now you're changing their environment, their mindset in a positive way because you may be missed out on the same, you know, maybe even similar to like a guy that didn't grow up with a good dad, right? He's going to be a good dad because he knows the value of it and, and missing out on it what yep. it could have meant to him if had he had it. So I, I like that you do that in, in your work now. And I heard you say something in that first, I think it was number point number two of that five point, the breakdown of get, have somebody punch holes in it. Well, you've got to have a group around you in order to even have that dynamic take place. So the group yeah. around you is huge. And, and you, I'm not putting words in your mouth, but if it was me and you said plan ahead, cause you know, when that last day of service is coming, you know, Mr. Listener, when your day of transition is going to be a lot of times plan ahead on the front end, like get people involved before you're standing out in the desert naked, stranded, stranded. Right. And, and yeah. so I think it, it takes intentionality to get those people around you before you actually need them uh, or before it's actually like an emergency. Uh, so, Speaking like you got to a point, speaking of maybe a little bit of a, you know, emergent situation, you get to a point where you're like, okay, this whole vodka every night isn't, it's just masking. It's not fixing. When right. did you have an aha moment with some of the other options that were out there? Like you discovered CBD, right? Am I, am I correct? So talk about yeah. how you got into that place. So I heard about CBD, like CBD is like super popular. There's CBD stores all over the place and gas stations. It's like, it's, it's a flooded market, but, um, but I'll, I'll touch on that in just a second. Yeah. But I sure. heard about CBD before it was cool. Like it's cool and popular now it's everywhere. Yeah. Um, but I heard about it a couple years before I got out of the military, I was listening to a podcast on the way to work and the guy was talking about, you know, medical marijuana and, Everyone knows about the molecule THC, mm -hmm. but there's this other molecule that not many people know about, and it's called CBD, and it helps with uh, stress, anxiety, chronic inflammation. It's been shown to help with like certain kinds of epilepsy, uh, different kinds of pain. It helps people get better sleep. And I was like, I need all of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but I'm still in the military. I still, you know, I still maintain my top secret clearance. I'm probably not going to go down the road of medical marijuana or anything else and lose you know, that's a quick way to, to exit the military. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I waited till I got out. I'm also a child of Nancy Reagan's war on drugs. Just say no. We have a problem sure. with that whole thing. 
And uh, it was a very powerful campaign back in the day. And it, I, and then I got out of the military and I struggled and I struggled and I struggled. And it wasn't until almost, uh, let's see, six months later after I got out, 2000, I tried it in 2019. So I got out in 2018 and I didn't try it until I was almost a year, about 10 months before I, I actually tried CBD. And some of it was, I didn't have any money to buy it. Uh, I didn't know where to buy it from. I didn't know the best place. I didn't, there was a lot of yeah. unknowns. And so I was in, in Virginia having lunch with a, a former teammate of mine. And, and I said, you know, when I leave here, I'm going to see if I can find uh, a CBD shop and buy some CBD. Cause maybe what you have in Virginia is better than what we have in Hawaii. And he was like, if you want CBD, I've got some at home. You know, he's kind of an Instagram influencer person and companies send him stuff all the time. So uh, he gave me a bottle. And what I say is I, I took it for the, you know, 30 days and I didn't really feel anything. I don't, maybe I slept a little bit better and maybe I was a little less pissed off, but what I noticed at the end, like when I kind of finished that bottle and I did kind of a self-assessment is I like to say that, you know, water boils at 212 degrees. I was probably living my life at 210 degrees. So it didn't take much, one of those little pop shots. And I'm like hitting the boiling point very quickly. And so over time I went from like 210 to 205 to 200 to 195 to 190, maybe 185 my fuse got longer. I got out of that, that red zone of just like ready to, to burst any moment. And so I was able to process things a little bit better. And I was also able to have, I was able to drink less because I didn't have to like manage this noise so much. Like yeah. it wasn't, I wasn't like depending on alcohol to turn down the noise. Like the noise was like starting to turn down. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and you know, all the pains in my body, cause I've got a lot of them. Uh, they were just not as bad. So they're still there. It's still, you know, hard getting up in the morning and moving around, but they weren't quite as bad. And so I stopped, you know, I ran out and I started going back to that red zone again, like, you know, orange red zone. And so I'm like, well, maybe it was placebo. Maybe it was CBD. I don't know. So I tried a different brand and then I had similar results. And so mm -hmm. now I'm very interested in the CBD industry. It certainly impacted my life in a very positive way. Mm -hmm. And so I met someone in the CBD industry and, uh, and I really, I wanted her to hire me again. I'm looking for a mission. I'm mission, looking for purpose. I'm looking for team. And she was like, well, why don't you just start your own CBD company? And I said, I don't know how to do that. And she leaned in and she said, you're a Navy SEAL. You can figure it out. Hey, do yourself a favor when you get done listening to this episode and go check out my sponsors on their websites. Those links will be in the show notes, but I want to thank the following for supporting Last in Line podcast. I want to thank Armored Nation Coffee. I want to thank the folks at Do Work That Matters. Uh, I want to thank Kevin Fulton over at Lead Like Lions. Thank you to Gridiron Coffee. And thank you to Cowboy Revolution Apparel. Those are just a few and we're adding to the list, but... These are ones who have started with us at ground zero and are sticking with us uh, till the end, hopefully. So go check out their website, get some of their products. Now back to the show. I was like, may I please have my man card back? You're correct. And so she gave me my man card back and I put it in my pocket and I swear to never lose it again. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> she you just, just need that confirmation. Right. Yeah. You just need <laughs> right, that yeah. reinforcement. Hey, like, reminder. Yeah. 
You're good. Happy on the shoulder. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so I started researching the industry. I found out that it's very dirty. You know, a lot of bad actors out there, you know, out there, get rich quick kind of thing. And because uh, it's, it's a very new product, very new trendy. to the, you know, trendy, yeah. it's, it, it is trendy. Uh, but hemp, which is where CBD comes from, mm-hmm. hemp only became legal December 20th of 2018 after the passing of that, the farm bill like the new yeah. farm bill of 2018 uh, made hemp legal uh, because it was an illegal product, uh, illegal plant yeah. up until that point. And so hemp has been an industrial plant for thousands of years, uh, but it was propaganda that made it illegal. Sure. Uh, and we're not going to go down that road sure, unless sure. you really want to. No, no, but, no. We're good. Um, we, don't, we don't have to. But anyway, so it's legal. So now CBD is legal. Uh, because CBD is a molecule, one of 120 different molecules and terpenes. Terpenes are essential oils that, that come from the hemp plant. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, the pro- so my, my goal, my mission was to, um, to create the highest quality CBD in the market. So what I did is I started reaching out to, to different suppliers. Uh, manuf- I'm like, what do you have? How do you do it? La, la, la. And I'm like really digging in. Uh, because I found like 70% of the, the companies out there are dirty. They don't have CBD in their product. They don't have the CBD they say they have in their product. They don't do independent third-party testing. They have high levels of heavy metals, mercury, arsenic, lead, things like that. Uh, you know, pesticides, herbicides, all, you know, the FDA went out and like has just done tons of testing of products. And they're like, dude, this is, this industry is not good. And yeah. so my goal was to, my mission was to have the highest quality product on the market. And then as I did more introspective and like, what else do we do? What, how else can I reach? And what's my, my purpose? Now, I'm still working on purpose and team uh, and mission. And then I looked at my demographic as a veteran. We've lost more than 22 veterans every single day. So there's a, 20, there's a, there's a metric out there that 22 veterans take their lives every single day. We've lost more veterans to suicide than we have in 20 years of sustained combat in two theaters of operation. Yeah. That is astounding. Let I remember driving yeah, let that sink and in. seeing like people like with the number of Americans that have been killed in, in Iraq. We, we were in Afghanistan before we were in Iraq, and most people don't even know that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I would, you see these giant numbers, but no one is talking about this 22 a day. No one is talking about the number of veterans that are taking their own life. And then as I thought about it more, and this actually just like popped into my head uh, of few months ago, I was doing a podcast with two other uh, SEALs and uh, it just came out of my mouth that my dad was one of those veterans. My dad killed himself. And so that made, and he's a veteran. And so that made this mission even more personal to me. So again, our mission at Naked Warrior Recovery is 22 to zero is to eliminate that, that, that metric of, of yeah. that veteran suicide. Yeah. Yeah. And, and man, so obviously you're making a dent uh, in, in some of that with, with, and I know you're not limiting your reach to that group of folks, obviously first responders, military, but, but that gives you kind of the mission, you know, here's the upper level of the mission and then it trickles down to other people. But right. Are you so dumb question, but I would assume there are a lot of other seals that have gotten into this, this space of creating, CBD or, or owning a company. That, there are, there are a handful of seals out there that do, that are doing uh, the CBD. CBD. Stuff. I don't think, I don't think they have the same, they haven't come out and said, you know, that is their mission. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, some of them are, they're just entrepreneurial and they're like, yeah. Oh, there's a, there's a niche, there's a whatever. And so, right. or they have a big following and they're either way, they're all doing yeah. great work. And so yeah. I support all of them. That's um, it's, it was yeah. funny. Uh, I was at a, at an event about a year and a half ago and I ran into another seal who had a CBD company bigger than mine. And he was like, dude, how did you beat me to that name? I love that name. I love that slogan of get naked because you know, that's awesome. And, yeah. uh, I'm like, thanks. And, and so he's, you know, he's got a bunch of, uh, uh even like seal clients that buy from him and, and, uh, and other veterans and, and they're, yeah. you know, we're, we're all trying to make an impact. We're all trying yeah. to, uh, you know, change the world, make that, you know, make that number at, from 22 to zero For and sure. just, just to make an impact. But, you know, well, CBD is only a, a modality. It's not like a cure-all. Yeah. You know, it's, it has helped me in so many different ways, but yeah. I still have work to do. I still had to like change what I was thinking about up here. And so that's where, you know, that's, that's this get naked mindset that I, that I talk about. That's why my slogan is get naked. And it's not about, we talked about before the show, uh, you know, with your kids right, and stuff, right. uh, they're like, Oh, we're going to talk about get naked. And yeah, yeah. It's not exactly give what me, you think. So, okay. So, <laughs> so give me some context. Cause you know, when we finish recording, I'm going to go in and we're going to present this whole thing and be like, told you guys it wasn't literal. Right. So, so, so really it had to do with, uh, and, and I want you to definitely dive into what, how you came up with, but it, it obviously has to do with the mindset of stripping off some layers that have held you back yep. or have kind 100%. of paralyzed you and your progress. Talk about it, man. Talk about the naked mindset. Yeah. So naked, it's not, you know, I, I say, you know, I, I call it the five seal secrets yeah. and, and uh, because there's five letters in the word naked. Okay. And if you, if you, and, and to kind of break it down, you know, if you want to think like a Navy seal, you have to get naked. Yeah. And it's not about being physically naked. It's about taking that ego off, taking that armor, taking all yes. that baggage that you're carrying around off, setting it in the corner and becoming vulnerable. You know, we came into the world naked with no clothes, with no nothing. We're going to leave the world with yep. nothing. It's the most pure state that we can ever be in mm -hmm. the end. Mm -hmm. But but, you know, it's about becoming your authentic self. It's about becoming the most pure, authentic version of yourself. But it's also an acronym because in the military, we have a gajillion acronyms. SEAL is an acronym. Everything is an acronym. So yeah. I turned naked into an acronym. And I actually give this as a, as a keynote presentation. Uh, and I'm, I'm thinking that maybe I should start giving it at schools as well, because I've had wow. enough people say, why don't they teach this in school? I don't know. Let's maybe we can change that. Uh, yeah. So let, so I'll break down the naked really quickly, uh, and I'll just go through the acronym. You might you so might the, have to get some some staff on hand just to keep kids from taking it literally. Yeah, right. <laughs> that might be part of the the hurdle at know. first. You yeah. never know. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll we'll do a little we'll do a little testing. That's awesome. Uh, so 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 the acronym. So the N stands for never quit, and I don't mean never quit smoking or drinking or getting out of a toxic relationship. I mean never quit on yourself. I mean yeah. never quit. You know. Uh, trying to improve your life, trying to improve the position you're in. If you made a conscious effort to start something, especially if it was something hard, then you should take that thing all the way to the end, yeah. whatever the end looks like. Maybe it's selling a business. Maybe it's just like, I've reached a point where I can't, I can't be in this anymore. I have to move on to the next thing. Yeah. That's fine. Uh, but you're, but again, if it was, if it's hard, if it's challenging, that's probably a good thing. And so, but you're not always going to feel like you want to do it. You're not always going to get up in the morning and be like, I want to just go crush this thing, but you still yeah. need to take action and need to move the ball down the field anyway. 
And so what I like to say is I say, create small victories every day. It doesn't matter what it is. You take the biggest thing that you have and you chop that thing up into little bitty pieces. And then you attack one of those pieces a day. If you attack two, three, four, eight of those things a day and get them done. Awesome. But as long as you got one thing done, you started moving closer to the end, whatever that end was. Mm. Uh, The A is accept failure because failure has been the biggest, uh, you know, the biggest teacher in my life. I have been, I've done some really good things and I've done some really bad things, but I can do things right, but I'm not really learning until I actually fail. Yeah. And I like to use, I like to use Michael Jordan as an example. He's missed more than, uh, what is it? Like 9,000 shots in his basketball career. He's lost more than 300 games, missed more than 30 game winning shots. What did he do after every single game? Did he go party with the team? No, he went back to the gym and he worked on every shot that he missed until he didn't miss them anymore. That's what made him great. He accepted Mm -hmm. that failure. He kept going. I mean, uh, the K is kill mediocrity. Um, You know, we are surrounded by mediocrity every day. We've got technology. Technology is awesome, but it also makes us weak and lazy and it gives us excuses to not do things like attack our goals for the day, to not work out, to not do something, to not get up on time, to hit snooze, whatever it is. Yeah. We are, we are at war. You can hit a button on your phone and have ice cream delivered in 30 minutes or less. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It mm-hmm. also sucks. It also makes us lazy, makes us find excuses to not do things. Mm-hmm. And so what I say, the way to kill mediocrity is to compete. Start small. Compete in kindness. Compete in generosity. Compete in gratitude. Nice. How hard is that? Nice. That's easy, but it's so hard for us to do. And then start competing against your ego because your ego knows your strengths. It knows your weaknesses. It knows exactly what to tell you to make you quit on yourself, to yeah. make you mediocre. And if you want to change your life and the life and the people around you, you have to have this uncommon desire to kill the mediocrity in your life. Yeah. The yeah. E is expose your fears. And I don't mean lions and tigers and bears. I mean the fear that lives in that dark place in your brain that you don't want to share with anyone. You don't want to tell anyone about you're not brave enough to share or even face it. And I like to think of that fear to be like a vampire because a vampire lives in the darkness and it sucks the life out of you. And so does that fear. It was sucking the life out of me for years and years and years. And it wasn't until I learned to expose the fear, just like you kill a vampire, you expose it to sunlight. You kill those fears by exposing them. And there's, I got to ask you though, Will, something personal. So share with the audience so they can relate a little bit. What's one of the fears that you had to sort of expose before you maybe jumped into this venture of starting a company? Uh, There's fear of failure, fear of success, which is the weirdest thing on the planet. Fear of success. What the hell is that? Fear of success. If I become too successful, I'll have to pay more in taxes. I'll have more work to do. I won't have time to do the things that I actually want to do. I won't like, I can make up a whole lot of fears and like stresses and things like that. Um, Fear of failure. Okay. Well, someone said, if you start this thing, you're probably, you're, you're going to, you're not going to succeed. I hope someone says that to me because that's a fire. That's a challenge. I'm like, okay, now that's competition. I'm competing against whatever you that just said. That covers the kill, the mediocrity. Yeah. Right. But the fear is like, I don't know how to do that. And I got called out. I don't know how to start a CBD company. And the girl called me yeah. out. She was like, you're a Navy SEAL. You can out. figure yeah. it out. Like she believed in me more than I did. It's awesome. And so, because I wanted to rely on someone else. Um, other fears, you know, I, you know, yeah. relationships. I yeah. try not to say too much about that 
but I'll tell you that I have more stress and anxiety from relationships yeah. than I do from 26 years and That's seven crazy. combat deployments. That's so crazy. Yeah. And wow. so, um, somebody need to hear that. That's why I wanted to ask you that just to, yeah, to hear but that it, you but it have took me like spots. a long time. Like, yeah. And yeah, I, depending on the audience, for sure. I have been more open, but there's just like, I need to, I still have that's to protect good. No, some it's good. things. That's all I needed. Yeah. <laughs> you know that's what I mean? all I wanted the audience to hear because, yeah. you know, on the surface, it sounds like everything just lines up. All the T's and I's are dotted and crossed, right? And everything in Will's life is just roses and rainbows. Oh, and no. So, so, yeah, I just wanted so to my, touch on that. Like, so, that's you know, Go ahead. And I've done, so just to kind of put this into perspective is I've done about, in the last 12 months, I've done about 150 podcast interviews. Yeah. And wow. when I started... Like first, I was like, I don't have anything to share. No one, no one wants to know what I have to say or think or do. Um, I, I've, you know, that was also some fears that I had. Yeah. Like who, who cares what I have to say? I've got all sorts Imposter of failures syndrome. that people are like, yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Sure. So I've got a ton of that stuff going on. I'm working through it, but part of that is like, just this right here, getting in front of people, sharing my story. Yeah. It's it it scares me hundred percent of the time. But if I don't expose it, then it will control me. The D is to do the work. Okay. So, and what I mean by that is we are, you know, kind of like on the, on the, the, the kill mediocrity side, mm -hmm. uh, the, we are in a world, we are consumed by instant gratification. You know, we've got TikTok and Instagram and YouTube and social media is awesome and technology but it's also led us to have very short attention spans and expecting things to happen immediately. Yeah. And so there's this, this, this saying out there that you, you eat an elephant one bite at a time or Rome wasn't built in a day. Yeah. I guarantee you it was built every single day until it became an empire. That's right. And so in the SEAL teams, we have this saying, it says, uh, we say to earn your trident every day. Uh, and, and quite honestly, when I got out of the military, I didn't have that, or when I got out of the, out of SEAL training, I didn't have that mindset. Now we didn't have that saying back then because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a little older than most. Mm -hmm. We, we, we came up with it later, but I didn't have that mindset. And I learned very quickly when I got to the SEAL teams that you're expected to perform better today than you did any other day of your life. You're expected yeah. to show up and you're expected to to be more present, you're expected to perform better. You're supposed to be a better leader. You're supposed to shoot better. It, it doesn't matter what the thing is, run mm -hmm. faster, you know, swim faster, uh, be a better, you know, skydiver, you know, military freefall parachutist, whatever it is, scuba diver. And that's why they say the only easy day was yesterday, because it doesn't matter how awesome you did yesterday. This is a whole new challenge, a whole new day. You got new obstacles, whether they're mental or physical. Yeah. It was, even though it was really hard yesterday, that was done. You got to reprove yourself every single day. And so we forget about that. We always, we're stuck in instant gratification and we just think, oh, we did it once. We don't need to do it again. You have to keep doing it every single day. Yeah. We need those wake up calls in life and that's to do the work. So again, to really the, the, the get naked mindset is to, awesome. it's the, the N is for never quit. The A is accept failure. The K is to kill mediocrity. The E is expose your fears and the D is do the work. And I yeah. share this with everyone. If you yeah. go to the website, the number five, seal s-e-a-l secrets.com five seal secrets.com uh -huh. put your name and email in there and i will email you a copy of it's like a seven ish page i'm going to yeah. update it with cooler pictures uh here pretty soon um 
PDF and it, it breaks down every piece of this. So you can like yeah. go back and review it and look at it. And, and uh, just to kind of share a quick story about it, I, I shared it with a buddy of mine about a year ago. Yeah. And he was having some trouble with his uh, with the CEO of his company, and you, because they got a bunch of venture capital money, and um, and he was like he was headbutting the CEOs because because the CEO was like putting all this extra pressure because he was getting pressure from the venture capital company to like you know double profits quarter over quarter, which is just about impossible to do. Yeah, but yeah. they're like yeah. that's we want our money back, um, and so so my buddy Jim. I, he talked about relationships and some other, you know, baggage that he has. And I was like, and then I talked about like the strategic plan that he should implement going and talking to his CEO the next day. And so, but I also said, check out these five seal secrets. He downloaded it. He read it. He printed it off. He laminated it. He stuck it to his wall. And the next day he went into his CEO and he said, Hey, um, Hey John, listen. And my friend is not, he's more reserved. He's not very like in your face. He's like, listen, he walks in and he's like, okay, John, check it out. I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to perform for you. The CEO was like, what? Hold on. First of all, why are you being aggressively like forward? Number two, why are you saying you're afraid? And number three, why are you being honest about it? No one does any of those things. So let's talk about it. He was like, oh, my buddy, uh, his five seal secrets. I'm exposing my fears right now. I'm afraid if you talk to us the way you did the other day, then I will not be able to perform for you at the level you need me to la, 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 la. And like, he was like, Oh, can I get a copy of that five seal secret? So no way. that was just that's a quick, so cool. like that's turning into uh, some more speaking engagements and some, and some that's, corporate uh, coaching. So that's great, man. That is cool. awesome. And that's a great story too, to end on, man. Uh, I love that. And, and we could talk for, for hours. And so what I want to do is give you an opportunity for sure. Uh, in addition to the five seal secrets website is to tell folks, where they can come, because I'm assuming on your Naked Warrior website, there's some background, Some they can get educated on CBD, they can get some information yep. in order to make an informed decision. Uh, and I'm speaking from personal experience, because I'm going to really look into getting some of this stuff, because I'm 50 years old this year, and I'm going to tell you, it doesn't feel... Like tomorrow's not going to feel better getting out of bed than yesterday did. I can tell you that. So 100%. I'm going to look into it for sure, but I need to get informed. So where can they go? Uh, so uh, the CBD website is NW for Naked Warrior dash recovery.com. You can also type in Naked Warrior Recovery, all one word. Yeah. But I changed the actual URL because some people may not want to write naked in their search engine. Not sure why. Gotcha. It just like it's a NW dash recovery.com. And uh, for your listeners, I'm going to create a, a discount code as soon as we hang up the phone here. Yeah. And uh, it'll be LIL20 for last in line 20 LIL20. And uh, it'll save 20%. That's perfect. Of, I appreciate that, of, man. We're uh, going to get all, that out. All purchases. Because I can tell you, my audience for the most part is probably over 40. And that 40 to 60 range, you know, as well as I do, I'm assuming you're over 40. We're going to, you know, we're going to need some sort of, the inflammation uh, bug is is coming for us. Yeah. So, uh, man, I love what you're doing. And I love that you're focused on really that that military service member or the first responders, because that population definitely has a need for more than just products to help kind of calm the the flames inside them. But they, they need some mindset awakening as well. And just like we all do. So, man, Will, I appreciate, man, on behalf of the audience, thank you so much. Do you have... Yes, you have one one thing for the audience that you can challenge them with right now. This one brief, quick, like piece of gold that that you're going to get somebody off the couch today with this statement. 
I would say if you want to make an actual change in your life, you need to make bold adjustments. Yeah. And what I mean by that, I mean, I use, I was a sniper, I was a sniper mm -hmm. instructor and, and my part of my job, you would think that all Navy SEALs were good at snipe, sighting in their weapon. They're not, and they don't like swimming either, but that's a different story. <laughs> so what I would find oftentimes is, especially in leaders, a lot of times is that they would, you know, we'd be on the reins with a new weapon, a new site, a new whatever, and they would, you know, make these adjustments to their to their sites and the bullet impacts weren't really going anywhere they're like just like round after round after round all in the same spot and when i would see this happen because i would see the frustration like i'm not getting where i need to go you know where my i don't my bullets aren't going where they need to go i'm not getting where i need to go in life whatever it is yeah. i'm making these changes i would walk over and i would take their i would take their gun and i would make these just obscene ridiculous changes and just like torque their sights just like you would think that they were going to fly off the, you know, off the paper and do like a 90 degree turn when the bullet left the gun. And so I would hand the weapon back to them and they're like, you went too far. I'm like, let's see hundred percent of the time. And then they would shoot. Yes. The bullet impacts would be on the other side of the bullseye, but they would be very close to the bullseye just on the other side. And then they could make those minor adjustments to bring the, the rounds to the center of the bullseye. And so the same thing happens in life. We end up taking these like, we think we need to make some change and we do like a little thing and a little thing and a little thing. Do something big and bold and do like almost the opposite, not yeah. the wrong thing, but right. do the opposite of what you like oftentimes, what you think that's, if you think it's too big, then that's probably where you need to start yeah. of a change that you need to make. That's good. Do bold adjustments. And yeah. so that's kind of the, the, that, the, the last thing that I'll leave that's you That's awesome. Uh, because I, I mean, I think that allows you to get your perspective magnified a little bit more because these minor ones, you know, your perspective still kind of laser focused. And so the big ones get you some more perspective and see, you can see a difference made, even though it's not on target completely. Now, you know how to back in to that bullseye, right? To your point, even that's if you went I too far, it. that's okay. Right. You know about how much you need to come back. That's right, man. I love it, man. So audience, it's been uh, an honor for, for me to have Will on. And so with that, he's been Will Branham. We've been last in line. Be blessed.